Welcome to the Bars and Tone radio podcast, an in-depth look at issues facing AHECDA members today. Now here are your hosts, Brandon Boucher, Paul Meeks, and BJ Atarian. Uh, hello and welcome to another edition of Bars and Tone. I'm BJ Atarian, your host, along with Brandon Boucher and Hal Meeks. Guys, how's it going? Going pretty good. Ready oh, for yeah. things to wind down here at the end of the year. So... We just had our holiday party. We had three sli- uh, three pizza pies and how many cookies? I uh, was it five, six, six cookies, seven. Man, we are seven. we are moving slowly here. Do today, I hear eight? <laughs> we have to add some jingle bells in the background. But joining us here today is we have we have a great lineup here today. We've got Naomi Herzl, senior IT pr- project lead for Penn Video Network at the University of Pennsylvania. Also joining us, Tim Sullivan, sales representative, enterprise private networks for advanced media technologies, and Bill Naver, video manager of cable TV and RF specialist at Georgia Tech. Guys, how are you all doing today? Fantastic. Thanks so much for having yeah. us. And then later yeah. on, hopefully Thanks we'll have, you know, we're all glad you can be here. Um, Steve Gilmore will be joining us also a little bit later on in the call. Uh, uh, he is the Senior Associate Director of Housing and Residential Life at the University of Arizona. He's joining us late because time change, right? The time difference. He's on Sam. now. Oh, he's on. Steve, hi. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. How are you all? Oh, great. Okay, well, that's great. Well, everybody's here. This is great. So, Hector's changing and it's uh, been a long run, and the group on the phone today has been here through a good portion of it and can share a lot of memories about how AHECTA got going, uh, you know, talk about some of the, the, the glory days of AHECTA and where we are today. And, Mammy, I'd like to start with you. Uh, going way back, how did AHECTA get started, and what was the driving force? Um, so all the way back in 1994, and this is a little before my time, um, AHECTA actually existed as COCOA, um, which was, um, it, it had a, a different um, acronym. It was the Collective of Campus Cable Operators and Administrators. And back then, it was a you know, collection of folks who were interested in you know, working with cable TV on campus. Um, and just getting together and uh, exchanging ideas, uh, usually on a an institutional campus. So the first one was at Amherst. Um, there was one at NYU, one at Duke, one at Emory. And then in 1997, the group decided to um, incorporate, as it were, and they became a HECTA. Uh, but it, at that time, it was the association of higher education cable television administrators. And AHECTA stayed you know, with that definition for quite a number of years. Um, and as I said, it, it really just grew out of a desire for information exchange and experience exchange between these people who had this kind of odd niche position in the university uh, environment. Um, not a lot of people you know, knew how to deal with cable TV and, you know, where it was going and and how it related to students living on campus. So now you are one of the faces of AHECTA. How did you get involved? For the people who, because, I mean, you've been involved in AHECTA as long as I have, and I go all the way back to, I think, the, oh gosh, Nashville, maybe? And you were there, and I remember, I seem to remember you running around in some sort of uh, superheroes outfit at Providence. <laughs> oh, you do remember I do remember that. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. So now, how did you get involved in all of this? 
Um, my colleague at the time, our, our group here at University of Pennsylvania is a very small um, campus television group. We're only two people, really. Um, and my colleague went to the early COA conferences. And when I moved into his position, he said, oh, well, why don't you check out this group? I hacked out there. You know, it's pretty cool. You get to talk about things that relate directly to your job, which really no other uh, association did, uh, certainly at that time. And, and really, to the extent of, of my knowledge, there there isn't another association that does this. Um, my first conference was in 2001 at Chicago, but it wasn't really Chicago. It was like kind of on the outskirts of Chicago. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah. And um, I got I, – I was lucky enough to be approached by – some of the folks at that conference who were just so open and so friendly and inviting. Um, Steve, you, you were there. Um, Tony Urbano from, from NYU and, and Brian Thompson from uh, Ohio University. Um, these people these were all like folks who just kind of welcomed me, which was a very odd situation for me to be in. Um, and it is a, uh, it, it was one of the, driving forces behind, you know, my tenure through AHECTA to be as much like the people who invited me to other people, you know, who, who would come into the group. Um, I don't know if I <laughs> lived up to that, but, it, you know, it always kind of stuck in the back of my mind um, that this group is, you know, so easy to talk to and easy to get along with because we're all dealing with the same problems and we all want to share answers. So as you talk about the response or talk about the community being, you know, very opening and very welcoming and really bouncing off ideas with each other. What was the response from the college community as the HECTA got off the ground? I, Steve, you might be able to talk more about that. Um, especially I think, for I think most people's response was, what is a HECTA? Um, <laughs> and, and, and what do you do? Uh, Mayumi, she, I mean, she characterizes pretty well. I mean, we, we had this very, very niche uh, market this niche responsibility on college campuses very few of us um, that were well on each campus there probably were very few people uh, if if even more than one uh, who who dealt with cable television on campus uh, at the time um, and I just spaced out your question <laughs> <laughs> the the early day the uh, the way the uh, college community responded to a uh, heck the forming and 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 really getting going. It obviously grew. It, it did grow. And, uh, you know, as, as more and more people were, um, I guess, paying attention to cable television on their college campuses, as, as more and more uh, institutions out there were trying to find ways to provide uh, cable television services to their students in a way that was a little bit cheaper than what they had been uh, getting by having their local cable provider uh, do that um, for them, you know, the, the, the group grew. I mean, I'm, I'm probably an example of that. We, we installed cable television at the University of Arizona, I think in 1997 uh, on campus, and I had no idea uh, what we needed to do or how we needed to do it. I, I, other people did the engineering and got things built, but I was the one that was supposed to support it. And, uh, and so this organization, uh, for me and probably a lot of others, uh, just was filled with people who were awesome resources. I learned more about cable TV and the technology and how to do it from uh, the people in this organization than than anywhere else. 
And, and actually, you brought up a qu uh, point that I was going to ask. So Bill and Naomi, I guess we'll start with Bill. Um, when did Georgia Tech install cable? And then um, Naomi, as, as well, as you're looking at it from Pennsylvania. I know here at NC State, we were the uh, mid-'90s that so we put ours in. Well, we uh, when let me go back even further. In 1990, when it was announced that the 96 Olympics were be coming to Atlanta, um, Bell South, which is now AT&T, and Scientific Atlanta, which is now um, Cisco, um, started a massive project that they called FutureNet, and that installed coaxial cable and fiber all over the campus uh, in preparation for the Olympics because Georgia Tech was going to be the main housing of all the athletes as well as the aquatic and boxing events for the Olympics were going to be on campus. I didn't know that. Wow. So they put in this massive infrastructure to support that, and Georgia Tech basically captured that post-Olympics. Uh, but in 1995, the local cable provider uh, came in, uh, dropped a fiber node there uh, at our main fiber hub on campus, and we, then – we use that infrastructure to broadcast cable TV from there. Uh, but it was later on uh, that we took over the system and started running it ourselves. And how about you, Naomi? We're the same thing. Uh, not the same thing, but the same time frame, the mid-'90s, uh, Penn decided uh, they were going to invest in uh, what we called our ResNet project, which was the project to wire campus with uh, telephony, internet, and video. And our our first foray into video was really scary. We used microwave hops to get from building to building, and it was you know people getting up on the, the <laughs> roofs of buildings in the middle of a snowstorm trying to triangulate these things. Um, but it, uh, it, the administration you know, knew that video was going to be a kind of key amenity for uh, students to, to live on campus. And that remains true to this day, even though some of the distribution methods have changed over the years. And you know, the, the, the way that students want video um, has changed. You know, it's, it's very much gone away from the you know, channel surfing in front of a TV and you know much more towards on demand and um uh you know live video uh, you know watching on their computer or on their mobile device um but yeah it was it was the mid 90s for us and just over time it's changed and gotten larger and gotten more demanding for all of us what would you say a hector was like in his heyday ooh um i can tell you the conferences were a blast <laughs> um, you know, at that point, HBO, ESPN, um, those were probably the two big um, contributors uh, to the organization at that point, and they always sponsored, you know, one of the big events that was outside the hotel. Um, and there were some pretty fun things we did uh, during those years. So what are one of your memories from that? I remember Providence, Rhode Island. The first time that we were in Providence, Rhode Island, that was like um, maybe like 2007 or 8, I think. I think it was 2008. Eight. And um, it was the biggest conference we've, we'd ever had. 
uh, it was like 145 people ended up, you know, being there. And it was, it was so crowded. My social anxiety was just through the roof on that one. But I also remember it being a lot of fun there. It, it was a lot of like, I think MTVU had some kind of light show for their, for their events there. Um, that was, there was an HBO night um, that we actually went to Newport. For, I which that. I would not recommend. I mean, Newport is beautiful, but considering our conference was in Providence, it's like I would not recommend yeah. you know going that far out from location. Now, was that the same? Year? I think that was the only conference that we overbooked the hotel or underbooked the hotel, whatever you want to call it, and actually had to bus members in from other hotels. Yes, yeah, I remember that. Wow, and that was the same year that I think I think you just alluded to it. MTVU had the had the party somewhere in downtown Providence, and there were those ice cubes that changed colors. And am I thinking the right time, right conference? Yeah, the right? yeah, the, mm-hmm. the blinking lights <laughs> in the ice cubes. Mm-hmm. That was I still and the have- branded steaks. Yes, I remember that. I still have the ice cube. It doesn't light anymore, but we still have that at the house. I think that was really neat. And fr- and I loved going down to Newport just to see what Newport was like because I'd never uh, been there. And so that was really cool. And then the second Providence one was also really nice. Uh, Steve, what was one of your uh, more enjoyable conferences? Um, th- th- the one that's probably most memorable right now is one, uh, 1999 in San Diego. Um the uh, one of the evening events was um, out at the Wild Animal Park, and Joan Embry was there. Uh, for those of you old enough to remember Joan Embry, um, she brought a bunch of animals with her, and the entire board of directors stood across the front of the stage holding a giant uh, python. Um, <laughs> Oh, I wish there were photos. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not sure who might have photos of that, but uh, it was it was quite a it was quite a sight because um, not all of them were comfortable holding on to a snake. Now, I'll <laughs> I'll tell you one of my favorites that I know Hal can speak with uh, to is uh, when we went to Memphis, and the reason why oh, was yeah. the Peabody Ducks because I booked Hal's hotel room and I put in the special notes section, put in a room closest to ducks. And so Hal ended up on like the top floor, the one floor below everything, closest to the ducks. And you didn't even believe me that there were ducks. I do not. And then they had a rooftop <laughs> concert that night. Oh yeah, the, of Thank Capital you so Cities, much. and they were playing all night long. Yes. And Hal was up in his room with the ducks right next to him. I know. In Capital <laughs> Cities. Thank you, BJ. That that one was a lot of fun. And then of course Nashville too, when we were actually out at the Ryman at the Grand Old Opry on stage, that was kind of fun too. So a lot of lot of good times that we've had there. Um, when did you see things start to change? Oh, San Antonio, Texas. Um, the first time we were in San Antonio, it was it was uh, when the recession hit, um, and we had just come off of that first Providence. So you know we were kind of high on this idea. Oh, you know, there's going to be a ton of people there, and you know we'll need we'll need extra rooms at the hotel, and then. The, the you know recession in 2008-2009 hit us and everyone's travel budgets got slashed. Um, you know people were were not allowed to go to conferences. They weren't allowed to to do business travel, and our our numbers really suffered um, that year. And, and we got a lot of complaints. 
we got a lot of complaints because people were discovering that they could get hotel rooms cheaper like through Expedia than what we were offering for a conference rate. So, so went- our, our numbers never really recovered after that. Um, they, they started to, to rise again somewhere around um, that second San Antonio and like Memphis. So that would be like 2012 to 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it was really hard for our members to, you know, recover that travel budget um, and the, you know, all the expenses that, that come with, you know, going to a conference. Uh, A lot of what we heard was people were saying uh, people were being told you get one conference a year. And so everybody went to NAB. So with that. Or CTE or something like that. Yeah, yeah. With that downturn and then the shift in how people travel, did you ever think about merging with anybody else? Uh, There was that. That that did come up in conversation a couple times. Um, Akuda which was the Association for uh, College and University Telecommunications. Yeah, Telecommunications. Um, They folded a couple years ago. Um, So it's a good thing that we didn't didn't, uh, coordinate with them. Um, uh, we We wanted a group that aligned very closely with what we did. So that kind of limited the scope um SCTE's name was tossed around a couple times um but we were uh hesitant because we didn't want the production side of our membership to feel left out um they already it already started to feel like we were neglecting the production side of it even though we had a couple people you know who wanted to champion that um it's just that the engineering has become so so much more prevalent and what you know, most of us do on campus that you know that's where a lot of the new uh, session ideas were coming from um, the programming ideas were coming from the engineering side and less of the production side um, so we kind of shied away from SCTE um, and then really we're kind of left with the really really big conferences after that like NAB or um, Akuho I um, Akuho is housing officers um, and it just it didn't didn't really fit with um with what we were trying to do and the message that we were trying to send to our members um, to make them feel special <laughs> in a situation. That and we kept trying to to push the message that we were evolving as an organization to where we weren't just cable TV. We were, uh, you know, uh, telecommunications or rather like, um, okay, I'm drawing a blank, but anyway, other forms of video on campus besides just cable TV. But for some reason, everybody, when you said a hecta, they all said, oh, we don't have cable TV anymore. Uh, you know. <laughs> Yeah, so the the early days we were a little too good at, at building that brand of you know campus television administrators. That, and that's what it sounds like. So okay, so even there was I know we had a rebrand, but we kept mm-hmm. the, the same acronym. So the, uh, being on the board, what were your thoughts around keeping that same acronym, giving exactly what you just said about the brand being almost too strong? Um, it, there were. 
legal ramifications to changing it. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, we're we're incorporated in the state of Delaware as a HECTA, and to um, rebrand entirely into like a, you know a new acronym or a new name would have required a um, a reapplication of you know for that. And a lot of us on the board, at least, um, had an attachment to that a HECTA name. Um, even though it doesn't it doesn't mean anything, uh, you know, it it is just the acronym. Um, it was it was hard for people to let go, and we were concerned that having a a full shift to something completely different, we would just kind of get lost. Uh, now, when we plan a conference here, we don't plan a conference. When we plan on going to a conference here. The first thing I want to jump back to conferences just for a second. Mm -hmm. The first thing we look at is the food. Okay, so, I mean, that's safe yeah. to say, yeah. right? The food. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, Steve, can you remember one place that you ate at at one of these, or maybe it was an event or uh, one of these cities where you went to a particular restaurant that that topped them all? Oh, man. I mean, I'm sitting here right now looking at the, uh, the history on the website in Nashville, Strikes me having dinner on the on the stage of the Grand Ole Opry. Opry that was something. Was pretty cool. Do you remember walking uh, the backstage there, the halls, and seeing all the pictures of the people who were who had performed there over the years? Yes, it was amazing. It uh, was amazing. How about you, Bill? Uh, I was going to say Providence in 2015 because uh, there weren't that. Unfortunately, there weren't that many people in attendance. And so basically, it was all the lobster you could eat. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to find a garbage bag, you know, to carry it back with me, that kind of stuff. So. Oh, my God. So I'll tell you a funny story about that. I don't like lobster. <laughs> I was there, but I, don't, I didn't care for lobster, so I didn't have that, that same problem with it. <laughs> um, I, I really liked Baltimore, Maryland, um, just being on the uh, the – you know, the harbor there and having that, all that food available. <laughs> um, I just remember, you know, a, a a lot of, you know, really tasty seafood there. And I remember, I remember Newport for that reason as well, but there was something about the atmosphere in, in Baltimore that I really liked. And plus I got to be, I was able to train there. I didn't have to get on a flight. That <laughs> was really nice too. That's nice. That's true. And what about you guys? Favorite food? Oh, wow. Well, you already know. You already know the answer. What's that? New Orleans? New Orleans was amazing. Yes, New Orleans was good. That, um, all the food there at New Orleans. And then, of course, the Haunted Hotel at New Orleans was the great, Haunted too. Haunted Hotel, absolutely. Another, another quick story. Hal had his room, and I kept coming by and knocking on his door and then ducking around the hallway uh, because it was supposed to be a Haunted <laughs> Hotel. And we got that one picture that was in the Hotel Monteleone that was right there at your hall, so it really played into it perfectly. <laughs> good fun was had there, but... Uh, anything from you, Brian? I mean, my favorite thing is just watching you, BJ, and Hal at Papacitos there in Atlanta trying to yes. finish this gigantic Cajeta's <laughs> ice cream. Yes. Oh, my God. And it's, you know, one person, one of these things could feed about four people, and then you both ordered the <laughs> large one, not yes. knowing the small one was available, and just trying to see you guys push through it. I finished. You finished. Hal was about like a scoop short. I, I couldn't do it. I, I had <laughs> And luckily for me, I ordered the churros, so I was able to take those home and uh, – Throw them away without any shame. Right. <laughs> so, so as Group. a group, uh, how do you – I mean, here we are at the end of the year. 
after the last conference, it was announced with how a hecta is going to be like moving forward. How do you guys see, and, and Steve, maybe we start with you, a hecta at the next stage of it? Well, I've been out of it for so long now that uh, I'm not sure I, you know, I see this. I, you know, when I when I heard that uh, that things were moving in this direction, I guess it didn't really surprise me all that much, given what's happening in the market you know, the television market now anyway. Um, and I do know that, you know, over time, um, there was more and more emphasis on the production side, which was not something I was involved in. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at what the industry's doing right now. And, and uh, it seems like it's a hard thing to, um, to sustain at this point. Um, and, and so that's a whole lot of words to say. I'm not really sure. Uh, since I've been out of it for so long. And, Naomi, maybe you and Bill could also uh, chime in your thoughts on that. Well, my thought on it is Ahecta's two greatest strengths, at, at least according to its membership that I have talked to, have been the annual conference because of all the face-to-face -face networking that we used to have and the listserv, the email, because that puts you in touch with the most knowledgeable people in the entire United States when you have a problem. And originally that, that was born of the SCTE uh, listserv and a couple of early uh, AHECTA members thought, this is a great thing. We need to start an email listserv of our own for our, uh, you know, our own members. And that's always, I think, been a great thing. And I think that's probably gonna be what how we carry on is not necessarily if we're not going to have the the conferences full scale anymore then we're going to have to uh do it electronically either webinars or emails or um something like that yeah so our i'll i'll concur that the you know one of the key pieces that members would always bring up is oh i really like having you know the the communications outlet um on you know, what used to be the listserv and now is the Google group. Um, so we're, our goal is to keep that running just as long as possible. And the nice thing about Google is for right now it's free. Um, and it lets us have as, you know, as many members as we like and people can communicate freely, um, which is one of, you know, something that I advocate uh, a lot for this association. Um, in terms of the face-to-face activity, you know, it's it's difficult for the association to uh, initiate on members' behalf, you know, to to create something like a conference. Um, but we are looking at having, you know, continued webinars throughout the year and uh, pu publishing opportunities where other members will be. Um, you know, like if you're going to be at at NAB, we you know we'd like to have people, you know have the opportunity to get together if they so choose. If you're going to be at Educause, you're going to be at, you know, one of these other conferences. Um, conferences are hard these days, unless you're like that, the really big ones. We've, we've heard even from our uh, vendor members that the, um, uh, the challenges of getting so many people together in one place under your specific banner um, has been kind of difficult over the last couple of years. Uh, because more and more people are gravitating towards these, these you know, massive, more uh, uh, 
all-encompassing conferences like the NABs and the EDUCAUSES and the ACUHOs. Um, but, you know, we are hopeful that our members, our active members, you know, will stay in communication and, you know, we'll, we'll keep that, those, those lines of information open between each other. So any final thoughts, Hal, Brandon, uh, from you guys and final questions? Well, um, you know, I've had some great times. I've had some, I've done some presentations there. I've really enjoyed it. Um, it's been beneficial in terms of some of the people I've met at the conference. And uh, it is a small conference. And the thing about going to small conferences is you get to make a lot of friends. And you get to meet mm -hmm. a lot of people. And, you know, going to a larger conference, it can be harder to make those kinds of connections. I've, I've been to conferences that had 5,000 people. And it becomes, you know, you run into people and you get to ch exchange business cards. But it's not that same sort of thing as being able to sit down at a table and talk to somebody about things that you both have in common. So that's going to be a thing that I think I'm going to probably miss the most. None of those conferences had ducks. None of the conferences had ducks, but <laughs> but they but they did have Jamba Juice. Okay? Ah, okay. They had Jamba Juice. It was awesome. Yeah, it's okay. Well, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, we appreciate our guests today here. Uh, Naomi Herzl from University of Pennsylvania. Tim Sullivan was on earlier. Uh, from Advanced Media Technologies, Bill Never from Georgia Tech, and Steve Gilmore from the University of Arizona. All of you, thank you for joining us. We hope you have a great holiday, and thanks for all the memories, too. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you. It has been fun. And for Hal and, and Brandon, you guys have a great holiday. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you if there is another one. We will see you next time on Bars and Tone. Thank you. Thank you.